everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We want to invite you to learn more about the heart and vision of City of Lights. So check out our website at cityoflights.church and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at City Lights Indie. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. How are we doing? We good? We alive? Everybody alive? Most of you alive? I think we have one uh, Bernie back there. Um, only three people knew what that was. Um, good morning. Welcome to City of Lights. We're so glad that you're here, and we really want to invite you, as David said, to family this morning. Uh, that's really what this morning is all about. Today, we're going to talk about unshakable family. That is the heart of our God, is to build family. If you weren't sure of it, if you didn't know what the church is about, the church is about family. I'm sure that there's lots of different things and connotations and connections that we think of when we think of church, what church is. We're going to unpack a lot of those today. But the thing you need to know, and we'll say it over and over again, that the church is about family because God is about family. Uh, it's in the spirit of family. I want to just take a quick moment. We have a uh, just a really great treat. One of the things that has been so exciting to me and that we will be about for the rest of time, as long as God has put us in the city of Indianapolis, is that he's called us to be about the body of Christ. That is the family of God in an expanded sense. Um, we are building, God has given us the grace and a heart and a passion to build our local community church, which is City of Lights, but we are just one tribe of many in the body that is the body of Christ. And uh, particularly one of my prayers in coming to Indianapolis was to, that God would allow me to be able to connect with other pastors, with other communities of faith that are loving people, making disciples, loving Jesus, and making him known in the city. And I've had the privilege of connecting with Pastor Josh Hoosman, who's over at Mercy Road. Anybody, can we give a hand for Josh Hoosman? Anybody know Mercy Road? I know we might have a couple people from there. Um, uh, also, Pastor Brandon Shields, who's over at Soma Church right across the way. I told Pastor Brandon, I said, Pastor Brandon, you know I'm a secure man because I love you. Because if I have a really bad sermon, people can walk out of my service and go, man, they still got 11 o'clock. I might go check them out. Uh, but don't do that. Um, don't do it. Um, but anyway, so many of you, last week, if you weren't here, one of the things that we're super excited about is God is opening up uh, a door and, and a great opportunity to partner with the YMCA at Avondale Meadows off of 38th and Meadows. Come on. And um, one of the great things about that, it's also giving us a great opportunity to connect with other churches that are serving in that community already. And a neat connection that's happened through that, which has just been kind of wild and funny. Um, we have learned in the course of this church plant the power of connections formed through high school show choir. And um, it's, it's crazy, right? It's just beyond glee. Um, and um, yeah, it's amazing. Beyond the sequence. Um, and one of those interesting relationships that goes way back to middle school choir, high school show choir, uh, rivalries between my brother, uh, was a pastor who's here. He has been in Indianapolis. He's a son of the city, and uh, he has been, he is the senior leader over at Resurrection Community Church. And he is here with us this morning, Pastor Orlando Jordan Jr. I want to invite him to come up here and greet y'all. Can y'all give him a hand? Can we please? Hey, 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 there we go. Some love. Can we turn on this mic? Check, 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 check. Hey, 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 there we go. I'm going to give this to you. Uh, so his church is literally about a block and a half from uh, the YMCA, right around the corner. And one of the things that we had recently 
is we were in need of a location to have our worship rehearsal. Um, first of all, can we give a hand to our worship team? I'm just so thankful for that crew. And so I've been trying to figure out, this is kind of the, this is my first uh, time that I've been on a church plant in this level, and I'm like, oh, wait a second, we need a place to rehearse. And around the same time, actually the, a week from when we needed a location, I was up at the YMCA um, with Zach Todd, and we were getting some footage and some things like that. And Pastor Jordan uh, called me in the hallway, and we connected, and just instantly, I just knew that this was a man of peace in the community. And um, I told him, talked to him a little bit uh, later on about needing a facility, and he was like, man, come. We would love to have you come. You can rehearse here on Thursday nights. And not only that, but on Thursday at rehearsal, um, because of some different scheduling conflicts, we had to move things around. We didn't have our keyboard player there. And literally, we're getting ready to do this song. We're like, man, it has a piano intro, but we'll just have to think of something else. He looks back at me. He goes, what key is the song in? I was like, he goes, can you just send it to me real quick? I send him a link. He puts his earbuds in, sits down at the piano, kind of sits there, huh, huh, and then looks at Zach and goes, all right, let's start. I got it. <laughs> Y'all! I said, what you doing at 915? I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But uh, his service is actually going to be starting a little bit, but he came this morning just to show his support and show his love. Can we please show support, Pastor Orlando Jordan? Just greet, greet the people. Good morning, City of Lights. I'm so excited that you guys are coming into our community um, very soon. Very excited to partner with you guys and, and just be uh, whatever we can be uh, to you. I'm ve looking very much forward to figuring out a service uh, where you guys can come and your pastor can preach. Come on. Uh, but um, but I, I, I love this family. I love the Owens family. I've, like, like he said, I've known uh, his brother Judah um, since middle school. Uh, where we competed against each other even then. Um, <laughs> for solos. For solos. <laughs> and so I'm not going to sing right now because, no. Warm it up, Richie. Warm I don't want to start any rival. No, I'm kidding. Ah, I'm, kidding. Hey. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but, but I, I, I love your pastor. I, I, love, I love the Owens family. And so I'm so excited that you guys are coming into the neighborhood. Um, we have, it's plenty of work to do. Yeah. So, so in the kingdom of God, there is no rivalry. Yeah. Um, so it's plenty of work for all of us to do, and I'm glad that God is bringing one more family, one more, one more body of believers into the community where we can work together, we can, we can fight together, we can grow the community and the kingdom of God together. Amen. Bless you, man. Love you. Y'all, that's kingdom, right? That's kingdom. You know, I've had, that's family. I, I've, I've had so many people, one of the questions that I would get a lot when we would tell people that we were going to plant a church, and, and you get the same question in any city, really, is folks say, well, aren't there enough churches? And that's what some people say, and then some pastors get nervous, um, and they want to know, well, where are you going to be, though? Where are you going to be? This pastor is literally like, you can step out of our doors, look around the corner and see their church, and we get to serve, to each, with, serve each other and serve with each other. Why? Because there's a whole lot of unsafe people, right? Just to give you guys some perspective, in the greater Indianapolis area, there are, in the metro area, there's about 2.1 million people. Out of those people, only there is 
1.7 million people who are not connected to a church. The average church in America is about 85 folks. That means there's plenty of people to love. Y'all with me? There's more than enough. We don't need to be fighting over the same handful of people. There's plenty of people to love and invite to the family of God. So I just want to encourage you that, you know, if you don't, there, there's a reason, and, and, and I need to jump into this message because I'm about to preach before I actually preach. And, um, but there's a reason that we're here. There's a reason that God believes in family, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Never before in history, really, when you think about it, has have we been so connected in different ways, particularly through social media, right? You can pull out your phone right now and through various apps connect to somebody who's on the complete other side of the world. They might be tired, but you can connect to them, right? Or you can pull up through Insta stories, Facebook stories, Snapchat. You can, in the most stalkerish of ways, find out what people ate, what they did, who they hung with, what their cat did yesterday, like you can, and with colorful emojis and graphics to boots. Um, it's incredible. Like, I, you know, you can almost like, man, I wonder what so-and-so's doing. Oh, they're doing that. They're going right down the street. Let me go meet them. Not thinking that stalkers could do that too, but whatever. But we have so much, so many ways to interact through social media over Wi-Fi that many times we have created this counterfeit connection where we can be more content with connecting um, over FaceTime than connecting face-to-face. We can be more uh, enamored with just sharing random posts that people can like rather than actually sharing in real-life interaction that can make us more like Jesus. And we can become so conditioned to this that what is happening is you would think that the more social media can, and, and, and media-driven interactiveness would make us more full and make us more uh, full of love and relationship. But what they're finding is that people are becoming more than ever more lonely and lonely because the social media connection, although it can be great and there's many great uses for it, if that's all we are building our connectivity off of, it's just empty calories. We were never wired to be made full by staring at a screen. We, uh, some of us, for 4th of July, we went downtown and we were looking at the fireworks. We went to the um, Indians game, saw those fireworks, and we were walking back to the car, and we were crossing one of the bridges by the canal, and, and the city fireworks was on. As we were watching this, there's a group of friends, and one of the friends was watching the fireworks through their camera, like Facebooking it and looking at it, and a friend looked at it and said, put your phone down and look with your eyes. <laughs> I thought that was great. He's like, put your phone down and look with your eyes. And, and I think that we, we can be, we can look at, we can be so enamored with looking at when and building our relationships through a screen when we were made, not just, you know, not that the technology is bad, but we were made to put that sucker down and experience real relationship with our eyes, to experience the kind of real, genuine interaction that God designed us for. That's what the church is about. It's about connection with God and with one another. And we see this in the very beginning. In the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, 
God is creating. He creates the heavens and the earth. He separates the water from the land. He creates the, the fish of the sea, the bird of the air, the vegetation, and all these things, and he creates man. And after all these things, he says, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is good. And you see this pattern taking place. But then the very first thing that isn't good should give us a clue into what God is about. He says, it's not good that man should be alone. There, there's, there's a theological principle called the principle of first mentions. It's important that we acknowledge the first thing that God says is not good. It's that you, that man, would be alone. Now, God is a God of action. And so we see that he isn't just content with leaving man alone because he recognizes it's not good. And so if God recognizes something's not good, he's not finished. And so it says that he fashioned a helper suitable for him, and out of that, he forms woman. Now, we can, when, whenever we talk about this connection, a lot of times maybe you've heard it at a wedding, and we talk about, you know, man being made for woman. But it wasn't just about that relationship between man and woman. It was that through unity, now the world would be populated and family would be built through the union of man and woman. So it was, he said, I'm going to build family. That's what I'm about. God is about family. Everybody said to say, God is about family. That's what he's about. He's about family. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that you are not just some distant, cold um, entity, some spiritual entity that we just kind of talk about and maybe one day we can scrape, scrape the surface and have some concept of you, Lord, that you have revealed yourself from the very beginning as Father and you have invited us and called us to be sons and daughters. You could have used so many different ways to make yourself known, but you chose to not only reveal yourself but identify us as ones who were in this loving relationship, an intimate relationship, that we aren't just trying to scrape our way to you, but we actually were birthed from your heart, and you have pursued us to bring us into fellowship. So, Lord, I'm asking this morning that you would remove all of the callous perspectives of what family is, and that you would help us to see with fresh eyes, according to your word and by your spirit, who you have called us to be and what you're building. Help us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Family is crazy, right? But I love them, right? Family's just crazy, but you love them. You know, it's just like every family. I love family reunions, and we got a big family. Like, we got a big family. Family, and I'm not trying to, you know, dishonor anybody, but the truth is, not everybody in my family was saved. I don't know about y'all. I wasn't always walking right, and so we got a whole. I got a whole lot of aunts and uncles, right? I mean, a whole lot, and uh, we would go to these family reunions, and it kind of got to the point 
where we had so many aunts and uncles, so many cousins, that it was almost a mandatory situation that you had to wear your family reunion T-shirt that weekend and don't try to flirt with nobody. Because if you're in the city and it's family reunion time, you just don't know. I mean, I remember one time our families kind of split between Chicago and Indianapolis. And so this particular uh, year, we were going to have our family reunion in Chicago. And some of my cousins, we were dumb. We were like 13 years old. And back then, the big thing was, hey, can I get your pager number? Um, see, pagers were these little things, these little boxes that would vibrate. And you couldn't call. You didn't have cell phones. So you called the person's pager number. Their pager would vibrate, and they'd go look for a pay phone. Those were phones that you put money in to make a phone call. I'm helping you guys out this morning. But you wanted to get the page number. And so that was the big thing. It was like the dumbest thing on the planet. So we had these little, like, little bitty notebooks. You go and try to get somebody's page number. So we're hanging out. We're hanging out in Chicago. We're talking. We see these little girls. We're like, hey, what's up, Shawty? Yeah, I'm from Nap. Yeah, what's up? Okay. You know, we're getting numbers. The next day at the family reunion picnic, I went by cousin. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. You see that girl over there? I think I got her number last night. Right? It was like so embarrassing. I'm like, you didn't have the family union t-shirt on. Family's crazy, but we love them. And you get to these family reunions, and you're going to see the aunt that wears too much perfume, and you smell like her for a week after you've hugged her. You're going to meet the uncle who hugs a little too close. You're like, hey, uncle. (laughs) You know, all right, back up. Distance, distance. You got just family members that you're like, man, I love you, and they love you, and you got family members that you don't really know, and they're going to cuss you out. They're going to cuss you out to somebody else after you leave. Family's crazy, right? But we love them. And, you know, my own family, we would just do just the dumbest things. I remember with my brothers, I've got five brothers. There's five of us, seven of us total, and I'm just thankful to God that they still love me to this day. Because we would do, brothers, like, we were fascinated with WWE, and I believe that it is, like, part of discipleship to beat your siblings um, um, in love. And so we would try to do these different moves on each other. We would, uh, poor Judah, Judah, you know, the fact that he can lead up here, that he has physical faculties, is really a testament to the Lord, because he just seemingly had no pain tolerance And so we could try moves on him, and he would just kind of like pop up and be like, hey, let's do it again. And, you know, I honestly, like, we would try to do these pile drivers on him. We'd get all the pillows out. Mom, you know, it was kind of late enough that, you know, mom and dad weren't always, uh, they didn't always hear us when we were doing these things. And, um, and, And we just did some crazy things, but we love each other. And the truth is that there is no perfect family. Because families are made up of people. There are no, there's no perfect family in the same way. There's no perfect church. The church in your mind is only perfect because you don't even attend it. It's easy to come up with these commentaries on what the church should look like in this imaginary thing when it's not really lived out in flesh and blood with a bunch of broken people in need of the grace of Jesus. But the reality is, family is crazy, but gosh, we love it. Why? Because it's what God is about. He's about family. You think about God for a second. A lot of times, you might think you're a perfect parent, but you're deceived. You're just not, but there's grace. 
But God was the perfect father. And yet his kids wild out. You think about it. They were fed. They had the perfect setup. He's like, it was like Willy Wonka on crack. You know, it's like everything you see, you can eat it. The strawberries taste like strawberries. The snozberries taste like snozberries. I don't know about snozberries. Um, I'm just taking that analogy a little too far. But the whole point is they were in this most amazing situation, and yet the brokenness, they still fell away. They still disobeyed him, and yet he didn't give up on family. And so this morning, I just want to acknowledge the obvious. is more than likely, whether you have grown up in church and maybe you've experienced church hurt, maybe you've been offended by someone in the church, Maybe you have offended many people in the church, and you just need to take a tic-tac and help yourself so you can stop offending people. That was a joke. Somebody really took it to heart. They're like, man, I actually thought about stopping my Walgreens, and then I skipped, and thanks, John. Um, Maybe you didn't grow up in the church, and you, just like most everybody in this room, were a part of a family full of humans who are broken, who don't always say the right things, who actually usually say a lot of things maybe in a moment that we really wish we wouldn't have said. If that's your experience, I want to encourage you and say this, is that God builds family the right way. And he knows that we're not perfect, but he gives us grace to love and forgive and to walk this out. So I want to ask you to see family this morning as we look in the scripture and see church with fresh eyes. As we were saying in that song, show me who you are. I want us to say, God, show us what your church is supposed to look like. Not because we're going to be perfect and we're going to make it all right, but so that we know the direction that we're heading. Can we do that this morning? Awesome. All right, this morning, I want to begin... I want to continue, rather, with this by really looking and breaking down what is it, what is the church, what does the scripture show us that the church is to be in a function? First of all, I want to look at Ephesians chapter 2. If you want to open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, it's in the New Testament, kind of in the second half of the New Testament. For those of you who are here with us during our Ephesians series, The State of Our Union, I love, you know, I love this book. It's like the Cadillac, the Rolls Royce of letters written by the Apostle Paul to the church. We're going to begin in chapter 2, verse 19. Actually, I'm going to start in 18. I'm sorry. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure is being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God. By the Spirit. I want to look at this a little bit further and break this down. 
says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. Who is he talking to? At this time, the Apostle Paul, he is in Ephesus, and you kind of have two main divisions of people. You have the Jews who have been a part of the Hebraic family, kind of the promised people of Yahweh, and then you have the Gentiles who have generally been pagans, worshipped many different gods, and uh, they have been outside of the covenant people of the Jews. And so Paul is coming and saying, Jesus has come that all men might be a part of this family. It's not just for a select few. He has come that all people would be reconciled to himself. And so what he's saying here is he is talking about how this family is going to be built. He says, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. What is he talking about when he says apostles and prophets? He's speaking about the word of God. At that point, they were building off of the Old Testament, which was the Torah, which was the Tanakh, the, the, the uh, writings of the prophets, the writings of the story and the history of God and the prophetic words about what the Messiah would bring about. So he's saying, we're building it on the foundations of the word of God and Christ himself being the cornerstone. So the church, if you want to know what is the church, the church is a people, a family that Jesus is in the center of. Let me talk about what the church is not for a second. Or rather, I'll go back and forth. This is the church is about a people, not just programs. The church is about a body, not just buildings. The church is about genuine community, not just a crowd. The church is about spiritual family and not just friends. There's a depth to what it means to be a part of the family of God. He not only says, Paul's not only saying that it's built on the foundations of the, uh, of the scriptures. It's built with Jesus as the cornerstone, but we are built together by the Spirit so that we would be a dwelling place, so that when people would interact with the community and the family of God, they'd feel the presence of God, that they feel, that the, they'd feel the residue of love and mercy, of forgiveness, of kindness, the fruit of the Spirit, not just the gifts of the Spirit. That there is, a, there is a release of the presence, the holistic presence of God in the fellowship of the people. Now, I want to make it clear because so often, my wife knows this about me. Some of you know this about me. I am like, I am, I don't say, what, what's the Lord? How do I say this? I, I am not afraid of tension, Okay. Well, this is what I mean. We live in a culture that really does not like balance. We love extremes. You are right or you are wrong, right? If you want to see this on display, just look at Facebook. Like, people, they say, if you believe this, unfriend me now. And you're like, okay. Why? We, we, have, we, can't, we can't imagine that there is someone that would have a valid opinion apart from what we feel. And so we live in these extremes, and I, we try to demonize each other. And I, and I say all the time to Kelly, I say, I think, you know, tension is not something to be avoided. It's actually something to be embraced. Yeah. 
when you look at this guitar, these guitars would make no sound that you would want to hear apart from the tension that is made through the, the strings. You remove the tension, it doesn't make the right music. The key isn't to avoid the tension, it's to learn how to tune the tension so it creates the right sound. And the same thing, when we look at these concepts, a lot of times people want to act as though, okay, if you have a crowd, then that is not a church. If you meet in a building, that's not New Testament church. Y'all hear me this morning. And, and you, you can respond, it's okay, just don't cuss me out right now. But you can say amen if it's ministering to you. But we can create these compartments and we can share the blogs and we can share all these things and try to pit it against each other. And the key is that programs are not a bad thing. But if programs become the main thing, they become an idol and they're the wrong thing. A building is not a bad thing. I'm thankful that we have a building this morning. Praise God. Bless God for AC. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, for AC. But if the building becomes the main thing, it becomes an idol, and it's the wrong thing. I'm thankful for friendships. But you're not a very good friend if at some point you don't offer Jesus to that person, knowing good and well that he's the only way to the Father. It's about building family. I don't want to just be content with inviting people over to play games. I want to experience eternal fellowship with them before the King of Kings. Do you hear me this morning? So that's what we're saying. The church, it's, it's, it's a family. It's a family. It's meant to be an ever-expanding family founded by the Father, built on Jesus, and built by the Spirit. Secondly, the church, there's a ministry that we're called to. It's the ministry of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians, I'm going to go ahead and turn here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Chapter 5, verse 17. I have to move here. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he entrusts to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we our ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So being a part of the family of God, being this church, is also being part, taking part, taking ownership in the ministry of reconciliation. What does reconciliation mean? That means that there is a people, because of sin, people were separated from God. God is about family. He's not about separation. So he sends himself and Jesus, God-man, fully God, fully man, to come and bridge the gap. By the sacrifice of Jesus, we, those who are far from God, can come near God. And he says, hey, I am reconciled you to myself. 
But the great news is, now you have been given the ministry to go help others connect. And that's not just for the evangelist or the loud folks. That's for everybody. We all get to take part in the ministry of reconciliation. How awesome is that, right? How awesome is that? It's not just bestowed upon a handful of people. I'm not the only one in this building that's been given the ministry of reconciliation. It would be really hard to reach a city and take a city if it was only just a few elite people that could invite people to experience the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus. You get to do it, and you get to do it. It's like Oprah. You get to be a reconciler, and you get to be a reconciler, and you, everybody gets to reconcile. Y'all aren't as excited as I am about this. But it's really an amazing thing. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Anything that's not growing is dying. So I just want to be clear about what I mean. Is the family of God a biblical expression of the family of God will grow? Not only will it grow, it has to grow. Do you understand that? The mission is not just to hang out. We want to fellowship. We want to love. Ooh, we want to love. We want to break bread. We love to break bread. Lord, bread, bread, bread. Some of you on that whole 30, and you're just mad at me right now. Bread, 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 bread. No. We love to break bread, but it's not just about hanging out. It's about making disciples. It's about seeing the lost, the orphan brought into family, the lost found. And so, What does that mean practically? Pastor, what are you saying? Are you saying you want this church to grow? You want more people in this room? Are you all about numbers? Yes. Yes. Because if we are the church that God's called us to be, there are people out there that will be in here and in your life groups and in your family groups and building together. Why? Because that's why we're here. The family of God expands. Why? Because the love of God is for every single person in the city. There's not a person in the city that God doesn't want to love on. Now, again, it's like I'm I'm not trying to compete with the guy down the road or the guy down the road or the gal down the road. We're not trying to compete. There's no competition in the body of Christ. At the same time, I'm going to look around. We we have this rule, like when we pray for food at big meals, we got a lot of family, we pray, and people say, ladies first. And I learned, I say, hey, decisive ladies first. Because you'll have these ladies, you say ladies first, and then it's kind of like there's this whole other game. It's like, oh, I don't want to be the first one. Um, um, um. And then, like, the dudes are like, hey, y'all, y- y'all going to eat? Because <laughs> I'm hungry. I've been looking at that mac and cheese for a long time, and uh, I'm, about, I'm, about, I'm about to get it. Right? So I, I say all that to say I'm not competing with anybody, but at the same time, there's plenty of lost people. And I'm like, hey, if nobody else wants to love them, I'm going to love them. If nobody else wants to go, I'm going to go. The YMCA that we're going to, they've been praying for months and months and months, and nobody, no church, no church plant has come to partner with them. They've literally been saying, we want a church to come. We will promote your events. We will tell people about what you're doing with youth and family. We'll invite youth to come to your service. Just come, and no one has come, except now. I'm like, there's people that Jesus loves. Let's go. Let's go love them. 
Man, I'm running out of time. All right, I'm going to skip. Um, I'm going to go to this last point. Jesus, help me. Help me, God. Y'all, if, uh, I don't mean to be extra, but this is just something that is so crucial. This message is so important that we get it because it will significantly affect not only the way we see City of Lights, but the way we see the people in the city. We're not inviting them to a building. We're inviting them to a family. And I know that so many of us, all of us, have had various perspectives of what family is. So when we say we're inviting them to family, maybe your family was not a good situation. Maybe it was abusive. Maybe it was manipulative. Maybe you were constantly confused and not sure what your standing was. Maybe you only felt loved if you did all of the right things. And so when you think of family, you get paranoid, you get afraid, you get scared. You actually, you, you, you have built up this, you know, maybe me and Jesus kind of Christianity that's not in the Bible. And it's scary, and I understand that, and he understands that, and there's grace for that. There's grace for, for you to go through healing and, and to, to take steps, baby steps of faith to trust him. But I want to encourage you, there is a gift, there is a treasure, there's an inheritance in the true joy of biblical family that God wants us to experience and walk in. In Hebrews The book of Hebrews, chapter 10, starting in verse 24. I'm going to read this. We're going to break it down, and then we're going to get out of here. Richie, go ahead and come up here. It just kind of helps me mentally to land things. I heard a pastor say, I'm getting ready to get ready to land. (laughs) I'm getting ready to fix the clothes. Hebrews 10, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. In order to truly have a healthy church family, it requires that we think about we more than we do me. It is so hard to do. But that's the essence of the family of God. I want to break that scripture down. First of all, it says consider. Let us consider. Consider is to be concerned about others, to empathize, to honor. I want to challenge us in the way that we look at each other. Even if you are diametrically opposed to someone's Jesus by God, and Jesus died for them. So you, you can hate me, you can curse me, you can think I'm the worst person in the world, but I can honor you because God created you. We can empathize with each other. We will not be the kind of community God wants us to be if we don't learn how to empathize and, and understand where somebody's coming from. Consider. Then he says to stir up. How to stir up one another to love and good works. What does it mean to stir up? It means to passionately provoke one another to love and good deeds. That it's okay to challenge each other, to lovingly get in one another's face and say, hey, you know we love differently than that. That that when people begin to gossip or people begin to vent, it's okay to vent. We should be a safe place. I've got a friend of mine 
uh, we're both pastors, and I tell them all the time, bro, you can be real with me. I don't care whatever you want to say. I understand it because God can, he's not blushing. God can handle it, and I'm a safe place. But you know that you can share whatever with me, but I'm always going to bring you to the word. I'm not going to co-sign for a lie. I'm not going to co-sign for anything that's not in the Bible. It's not in this word. But we spur each other. We encourage each other. We stir us, each other up to love. It says not neglecting to meet together. We want to gather together regularly in various ways. One of them being in these gatherings where we get to worship and hear the word and encourage each other. But then also in city groups, in, in breaking bread, break, having fellowship outside of these walls, getting to know each other beyond a surface. Hey, how are you doing? Blessed and highly favored of the Lord. All right, praise the Lord. But actually, no, no, no. How are you doing? You know what? I'm having a rough year. And not being like, oh, I didn't really mean that. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's bear with one, each, one another in love. It says, in scripture in Hebrews 3, it says, encourage. I love the scripture in Hebrews 3. It says, encourage one another every day as long as it's called today. <laughs> every day. So if you ever wonder if you should encourage somebody, yes. Encourage them. The devil doesn't want them to be encouraged. So if the Lord is urging you, if you get a thought that's encouraging, it's probably the Holy Spirit saying, hey, go encourage that person. Go, I want you, that thing that I'm telling, go encourage them, go bless them. You, have, you never know the impact that you have on someone when you just step out and speak life over them. And then there's this phrase that it says, encouraging one another. The phrase one another is used a hundred, over a hundred times in the New Testament. And the, the context is usually in the way that we treat, the way that we interact in community. And the understanding is that you can't act in this way unless there's a one another to act in this way in. But we're encouraged to honor one another, encourage one another, offer hospitality to one another, serve one another, bear with one another, accept one another, teach one another. So that means if we're not in community, we can't even begin to fulfill most of the New Testament. Because God is about family. And that's what he's building, is family. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. I want to challenge you all today. That if you've been coming here over the last few months, however we've been launched or a part of this. Well, first of all, I want to say this. Before I say this challenge, the whole reason that we're here in the first place is because of family. People don't just leave, sell homes, give up jobs, move across the country just because of being a servant. You do it because you are family. And we had people move up here. We had people not just move from other states, but across the town and coming to work and show up at 6 o'clock in the morning, getting up at 5.30 in the morning, not just to make a machine work, 
but so that we can build family, so that people can experience the love of Jesus. And so we always say we want to build family out of family. That's how, that was God's plan. He said, Adam, Eve, let's build a family. In the same way, we're here to be a family and to grow as family. And so if you've been coming here, I want to invite you and challenge each and every one of us. Let us be committed to not just be a church, but be a family. To learn about embracing the one another. Learning how to love one another and honor one another and bear with one another. To rejoice with those who rejoice. To mourn with those who mourn. To step beyond the safety zone of Facebook where we can make all kinds of arguments and dis- demonize everyone. And dare to sit down for co- with coffee for coffee with somebody who's different than you. And not so that you can tell him them how to be, but ask them who they are. See how God would shape you. God's building something beautiful here. I'm excited to be a part of it, and I want you to be a part of it. And I also want to give this an exhortation, is the whole reason that we can be family is because of Jesus. You might be here this morning, and you have not been a part. You have not joined the family of God. You have not asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You might not even know what all that means fully. But if you've been here and you've heard about this family, you say, you know what? I kind of want to be a part of this family. I don't know. I've heard about membership at church. I don't even know if I want to be a member. I just want to join the family of God. We want to invite you. And there's every resource for you to be a part of it. And so if you're here this morning, you want prayer, you want to know more about the family of God, there's a couple things that we have available to you. One, you can come out to our City Central, connect with somebody there, let them know they will talk to you, connect with you, show you how you can get connected. But the other thing is if you want prayer today, we want to invite you to get prayer. So if you would like prayer, you can feel free. As soon as this we dismiss, David's going to give some uh, uh, announcements. He's going to pray. He's going to dismiss. I want to encourage you to just go ahead and make your way forward up here. We don't have a whole lot of space, but the space we have, we're going to use it. You say, I, wanna, I, I, I need prayer. I want to know more about becoming a part of this family of God. We want to pray for you. Uh, let's pray right now. Father, I thank you that you are building a family, Lord. You are about family, and that's what you're building. And Lord, I thank you that we get to be a part of it. God, I'm asking that you would help us, Lord God, not just to be a crowd, but be a people, be a community. Lord, I pray that for those that you're drawing, that you would invite them, that you would spur them, not just to hear a message and leave, but to be changed and to be added in. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the spirit of adoption that we can call you Father and be known as sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. Don't forget, you can find us online at cityoflights.church and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.